Hi, quick announcement before getting into the show today. If you live in the Minneapolis area in one week on Tuesday, February 18th, I'm going to be doing a live Bazaar Albums at the Abel Seed House and Brewery as part of the collaboration beer release between Motion City Soundtrack and Abel Brewery. Uh, it's our beer called Modern Chemistry, and we're having a big release for it. Come have some beers. I'm going to do a live episode of the podcast, a very special beer-centric episode. So come on out if you can. There will also be DJ sets from a couple of my bandmates. I hope to see you at the Abel Seed House and Brewery, Tuesday, February 18th, starting at 5 p.m. See you then, Minneapolis. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, and me, I'm Ed McMahon from 1967. At the end of World War II in 1945, Korea had been freed from Japanese control. North Korea was now occupied by the Soviets, and South Korea by the United States. By 1948, Korea was divided in half at the 38th parallel. The 38th parallel is a circle of latitude that is 38 degrees north of the Earth's equatorial plane. That same year, the Soviet troops withdrew from Korea, with the American troops withdrawing a year later. The Korean leaders did not accept the border as permanent. North Korea attacked South Korea on June 25, 1950. The UN Army, made up of 16 nations, was formed to help South Korea. In early July 1950, the UN Army landed in South Korea. The army consisted of mostly Americans. Americans that included Buzz Aldrin, Casey Kasem, Neil Armstrong, Johnny Cash, and come 1952, a then 29-year-old Ed McMahon. Here's Ed talking about the Korean War to the Television Academy Foundation in 2002. I went to the Korean War, and I was called back in 1952, and I stayed in until the war ended. And I f was over in Korea. I flew, uh, I hadn't flown in years, a fighter plane. So when I got to Korea, I wasn't prepared to go jump right into a jet because I hadn't been flying. So they put me in artillery spotting, light aircraft over the front lines where you hear, heard about the 38th parallel. Uh, and I was there till the conclusion of that police action. They never even called it a war. That was a police action. Born in Detroit, Michigan, Ed McMahon's father was a salesman and professional fundraiser. And the family moved constantly. Growing up, Ed McMahon attended 15 different schools, eventually graduating from high school in Lowell, Massachusetts while living with his grandmother. The teenage Ed McMahon sold vegetable slicers on the Atlantic City boardwalk as a way to pay for college. He also worked as an announcer at carnivals and bingo games. He got his first broadcasting job at WLLHAM in Lowell, and his television career began shortly after graduating college, working in Philadelphia at WCAU-TV, where he worked for several years until being recalled to active duty for the Korean War, where he flew 85 combat missions and earned six air medals. After returning to Philadelphia after the war, McMahon went back to work in local television. But Ed's future was about to change forever, thanks in part to his new neighbor, Here's more of Ed talking to the Television Academy Foundation. When I got back from the Korean War, I had asked the owner of the apartment complex where I lived to save an apartment for me. I would be back soon. He and I were great buddies. And I called Dan. I said, yeah, he said, I got a great apartment for you. It's a bigger apartment, three bedrooms. You're going to love it. I move into my big apartment. I get my family together. I had 
who is my next door neighbor? I want to go say hello. So I walked next door and knocked on the door, Dick Clark. He had gotten bandstand when I, while I was gone. Now he was getting hot. Cover of Time magazine, really hot. Edward R. Murrow is going to do him. Edward R. Murrow had a show interviewing people in the news. Uh, Edward R. Murrow wouldn't go to someone's home. Edward R. Murrow would stay in the studio and the cameras would go. That was the way they would do it. And Dan Kelly throws a party for the crew from New York. At the party, he said, Ed, get up and entertain these people. That's why he said, entertain these people from New York. Get up and do a show. So I got up on the mic and, you know, made it up as I went along, ad-libbed it. And Dick Clark's producer, Chuck Reeve, was in, in the group. And he walked up to me afterwards and he said, you are really good. He said, you ever think about going to New York? I said, only every second of every minute of every hour of every day. He said, good, I'm going to remember that. Oddly enough, Chuck Reed's office was right next to Dick Stark's office. Dick Stark was the producer of Who Do You Trust? Who Do You Trust was an ABC game show that began in 1957, hosted by a then 32-year-old Johnny Carson. One year into its run, original announcer Bill Nimmo was leaving for his own television show. And that's when Ed McMahon came to New York and began working with Johnny Carson. Alfred Pete from Holland and his partner Jeannie McCafferty from New York. Today they try for $1,000 and the right to keep earning a salary of $500 a day on Who Do You Trust? This portion of Who Do You Trust is brought to you by Beach Not Lifesaver. Right now, here's the star of our show, Johnny Carson. Carson had just had his own CBS variety show canceled and thought that moving to daytime television would kill his career. But Carson began to shine. The show allowed him to ad-lib and interview the guests, and it became a big success. That success led to this announcement when Carson appeared on What's My Line on February 11th, 1962. Because you're all familiar with the, uh, the good news. I think it's good news for all of television. Uh, Johnny Carson will replace Jack Park come the fall on NBC. He's just about the busiest man I know. He does a daily program called Whom Do You Trust? Or pardon me, Who Do You Trust? No, with you it's whom, (laughs) Jack Parr was the host of what was originally just called Tonight, the counterpart to NBC's early morning show Today. Parr was actually Tonight's second host, taking over for Steve Allen in 1957. While both were successful, Tonight's new host would take it to legendary status and Ed McMahon would play a huge part as Carson's announcer and sidekick. From Hollywood, The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. This is Ed McMahon, along with Doc Severinsen, and the NBC Orchestra inviting you to join Johnny and his guests, Buddy Hackett, John Lithgow, and another segment of Moron Movies. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Johnny. The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson debuted on October 1st, 1962. Between the show's theme song and McMahon's Here's Johnny catchphrase, it's one of the most iconic television show openings of all time. The theme song was written by Paul Anka, along with Carson himself. It was actually a reworking of a piece that Anka had already written called Toot Sweet, parentheses, It's Really Love, end parentheses. It had been recorded by Tootie's Trumpets with the Camerata Strings in 1959. 
Even Ed McMahon's constant laughter had become a trademark of the show, earning him the nickname the Human Laugh Track. Over the years, his drawn-out Here's Johnny catchphrase would be referenced countless times in movies like The Shining, Here's Johnny! Plus mentioned in songs like this Weird Al Yankovic song called Ed McMahon. And even a song called Johnny Carson in the 70s from the Beach Boys. He speaks in such a manly tone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ed McMahon had played the coronet when he was younger. According to BroadcastPioneers.com, McMahon once described the coronet as a trumpet that never grew up. He'd considered becoming a musician in his younger days and joined the Sons of American Legion Drum and Bugle Corps. But he claimed that he was so bad that they kicked him out. He thought that was the end of his music career. But then the success of The Tonight Show gave him another musical opportunity. And in 1967, and me... I'm Ed McMahon, was released on Cameo Parkway Records. What an exciting idea. (laughs) While it's mostly a collection of covers from Broadway shows, the album kicks off with an original song called Claudia. She's brighter than sunshine, fresher than rain, and her smile can bring roses again and again, my... Claudia can make the flowers blossom every time I see her summer smile. Up next is a cover of My Funny Valentine, written by Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart, a duo that wrote several musicals together, including A Connecticut Yankee, Pal Joey, On Your Toes, and the show that featured My Funny Valentine, 1937's Babes in Arms. My funny Valentine 
comic valentine You make me smile with my heart Your looks are laughable Unphotographable. The duo of Rogers and Hart worked together on 28 stage musicals and over 500 songs for stage and screen. Lorenz Hart was the lyricist of the duo. Some of his most famous lyrics include The Lady is a Tramp, Isn't It Romantic, and Blue Moon. All right, maybe not those lyrics in particular. After Hart's death in 1943, Richard Rodgers would go on to collaborate with Oscar Hammerstein II, with whom he wrote musicals in the 40s and 50s, such as Oklahoma, South Pacific, and The Sound of Music. But back to Rodgers and Hart. Because for track three, McMahon sings Wait Till You See Her from their By Jupiter show from 1942. Wait till you see her See how she looks Wait till you hear her laugh Painters of paintings Writers of books Never could tell the half For the 1965 film Dr. Zhivago, French composer and conductor Maurice Jarre wrote a leitmotif that he titled Lara's Theme. A leitmotif is a short, constantly recurring musical phrase. The Dr. Zhivago score ended up winning the Academy Award for Best Original Score. Soon afterwards, the leitmotif became the basis for the song Somewhere My Love, now with lyrics from the three-time Academy Award-winning lyricist Paul Webster. Somewhere My Love by the Ray Conniff Singers then won the Grammy for Best Performance by a Chorus in 1967. It was also nominated for Song of the Year at the Grammys, but lost to the Beatles' Michelle. McMahon's version didn't get too much attention. Someday we'll meet again, my love. Someday. Whenever the spring breaks through, you'll come to me out of the long ago warm as Now the internet, and even the label on this album, says copyright 1963. But Dr. Zhivago came out in 1965, so how can that be possible? Well, it's simple. Ed McMahon is a time traveler. Okay, actually it's due to confusing labels that Cameo Parkway used on their albums. By the end of 1963, the label's success had started to fade and it went into a sharp decline and it was never fully to recover. They were using a red and black label on the vinyl records and this label was used for all their releases until 1967, but they all said copyright 1963. So this timeline would also explain how Georgie Girl appears on the record. Georgie Girl was from the 1966 film of the same name, which was based on the book Georgie Girl by Margaret Forster from 1965. The song was then made popular by the Seekers in 1966. So again, I will remind you, Mr. McMahon is not a time traveler. Hey there, Georgie Girl, 
Swinging down the street so fancy free Nobody you meet could ever see The loneliness there Inside you, hey there, Georgie girl Why do all the boys just pass you by? Could it be you just don't... Thank Heaven for Little Girls is a song written by Alan J. Lerner and Frederick Lowe, featured in the 1958 film Gigi. Over the years, the song has been covered by Rosemary Clooney, Perry Como, Merle Haggard, and of course, Ed McMahon. Each time I see a little girl of five or six or seven, I can't resist a joyous urge to smile and say, Thank heaven for little girls. For little girls get bigger every day. Thank heaven for little girls. They grow up in the most delightful way. The album was produced by Arch Lustberg. Before producing, Lustberg taught speech and drama at the Catholic University of America for 10 years. Later, he produced both a Grammy Award-winning album and Tony-nominated Broadway musical, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. Later in life, he became a very successful performance coach for business leaders and elected officials. The album came and went without much fanfare. It could be partially due to the fact that by 1967, Cameo Parkway's days were numbered, as it entered into a short-lived distribution pact with MGM Records and released only four more albums. In late 1967, the company was sold to Alan Klein and became Abco Records. McMahon's record is long out of print, but it is available on Spotify and Apple Music. Ed McMahon actually released a second album in 1967 entitled What Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up? It's mostly just a spoken word album for children, but it did feature some more singing from McMahon. What do you want to be when you grow up? Push the magic button. And we'll see. Do you want to be an astronaut and travel very far? And be the very first one to land upon a star? Would you like to be a circus clown and make the children laugh? And see them gather around you to get your autograph? He did occasionally make some singing appearances in the years following the album. In 1980, he appeared singing a song at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and sang a song on Hee Haw alongside Roy Clark and Buck Owens. Once I was happy and had a good wife I had enough money to last me for life I met with this girl and we went on a spree She started me smoking and drinking whiskey Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women They'll drive you crazy, they'll drive you insane Shortly before his death in 2009, McMahon even appeared rapping in an ad for FreeCreditReport.com. Shout out to my people. This is Ed McMahon, rolling slow through the suburbs in an unmarked van. I ran the strip in the 80s, brought big fat checks to the ladies. When I showed up at their door, they would start screaming like crazy. Raked it in hand over fist, was on the VIP list. I was a verbal gunslinger, and my shots never missed. But now the bills have come due, and my credit scores whacked. 
so I'm hitting up the winners to get my checks back. But let's circle back to And Me, I'm Ed McMahon. The album had three original songs. They were all co-written by the album's arranger and conductor, John Kakavis. McMahon's version of his song, Beautiful Girl, was the one single released from the album. Beautiful girl, flying there, ribbons of velvet in your hair. Sleep like an angel, little girl blue, wherever you are, I will watch over you. John Kakavis was a composer and conductor probably best known for his television scores, most notably for Kojak, a show which featured an actor who released some albums of his own in the 1970s, Telly Savalas. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Faxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. <laughs>